0: It's a classic California weekend. 80 degrees, sunny. In one of the cars sailing down the I-5 freeway are some men just talking. Guy talk. Sports mostly.
1: Well, he played for the Padres, but he, he only played for like two or three years. Because I kind of followed his career.
0: Two of the guys in the car are investigator Don Vogue of the Orange County Sheriff's Department and Ed Shin. Just a short time ago, Ed had been at the Los Angeles International Airport, supposedly leaving on a business trip to Canada. You
1: remember that kid, Sean Burroughs, or whatever his name was, from Long Beach? Yes. You remember him? Yes. Dude, that kid carried Long Beach.
0: Don Vote's strategy is to play things so low-key that Ed thinks he's spending the day with an errand-runner type of cop. But Don Vogt is, in fact, one of Orange County's most experienced investigators— Ed Shin doesn't know that. He won't find out for hours. And when he does, his world will be turned upside down. I'm Matt Gutman from ABC News. This is 2020's Cutthroat, Inc. It's August 28th, 2011, a little before 11 a.m. Ed Shin is only minutes away from leaving California. He's buckled in, first row, first
1: class. He's ready to take off for Toronto. We contacted the LAX PD because we weren't sure if Ed was fleeing the country or what his purpose was.
0: That's Orange County Sheriff's Department Homicide Investigator Don Vogt. I knew he was headed
1: to Canada and I knew he was boarding a plane. So we called LAXPD and asked them if Ed Shin was, in fact, on a plane. They said yes, and that he had actually already boarded the plane. So we had asked them to remove him from the plane and detain him. Vote and his
0: partner, Ray Wert, have been investigating the disappearance and presumed murder of Ed's former business partner, Chris Smith.
2: At that point in time, I had advised Los Angeles International Airport Police to... Um, detain him on his probation violation uh, for uh, leaving the state without permission by his probation officer. And beyond that, the advise the police officers uh,
1: just to, to mention that uh, purpose. Boat arrives at LAX just before noon. And they have a small, what I'd refer to as a substation there with a holding cell. And so there were two or three officers there that had him detained um, inside of a, a holding cell for us when we arrived.
3: Orange County Sheriff's
1: Department. I'm at the um, LAX uh, police station. I am going to attempt to interview Ed Shin.
0: He begins recording even before stepping into the room.
1: Hey, Ed. How you doing? Actually, I'm going um, to go ahead and shake your hand so you can take it out. I'm Don Boat from the Orange County Sheriff's Department. Okay. So my
0: Violating problem. probation is plenty of reason to interrupt Ed's travels. Boat makes it sound like it's no big deal. Probably just a misunderstanding.
4: Are you allowed? Are you not supposed to be leaving the state or the country? I thought it was over with my house arrest on July 17th. okay. well, I
1: don't know about that then. Um, I. I, Oh, my gosh. Okay. well, that's. that's,
0: Vote says he needs to take Ed in to the Orange County Sheriff's Office.
1: We are taking you back to Orange County. We'll contact your probation officer. We're going to take you back to our headquarters. But we are going to handcuff you because I'm going to be. You're going to be driving probably um, in my car with me. Okay. And so I'm going to handcuff you because you're handcuffed or placing you on an arrest for this probation issue, and
0: you know standard procedure. It's about an hour from the airport to the sheriff's office in Santa Ana, and on the way there, it talked baseball.
1: He, he, made, he made the majors. How huh? about him? What was it Pro for the Braves? Yeah, he played yeah. for the Braves.
0: Then they arrive,
1: and we will just go the stairs here. The stairs. Yeah, okay. take stairs.
0: Uh, They end up in what looks kind of like a rec room. Ed's in a v-neck and jeans. The room has blue carpeting and a wooden coffee table. There's a video camera mounted on the wall. Ed's cuffed to the wooden armrest of his cushioned chair. Ed has been read his rights. Anything he says can, quote, be used as evidence against him. But it's not a big worry when you're just talking sports. It's,
4: kind of like, it's like dunking on an eight year old kid and then getting in his face. <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: Then Vote's partner, Ray Wirt, comes in.
4: Hey,
2: what's up, buddy? <laughs> not too much. Nice. Hey, hurry up. Go, go home and catch the um, World Series. Don't call me and tell me who I'm in. Let me take these off. you. As
0: Wirt says later, the idea was just to get Ed talking.
2: My goal with um, Ed Shin was to. Get him to talk um, uh, about his probation, what I, what I wanted him to do, and I really kind of had to just wing it as the interview went. I did not want to be the person to bring up Chris Smith's name. I wanted Ed Shin to bring it up um, just through normal conversation. So my hope was I would be able to accomplish that to try to keep things kind of low key and again, not alert Ed Shin to possibly realizing that we were talking to him because of Chris
0: Smith. Vote and word ask routine questions about the conditions of Ed's probation
4: so you have a copy that's yeah, that it's in my file at work I think okay safe to say you didn't really pay attention to it now. i I did at the time to be honest i I just i I, I had a complete brain fart I just naturally assumed that with more my house I was probably so elated to be off house arrest I kind of Applied those terms only to the house arrest and not my entire probation. Okay, and I should—I mean—they
0: keep chatting. There are other rules. Has had been following them.
4: Been on
2: probation nine months. Have you had any police contact? In other words, uh, we track any time one of the conditions of probation. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I haven't seen you, but it's normally just boilerplate right in there in the agreement. Have, if if you have police contact to notify. Um,
4: Yes,
2: I
0: did the two investigators know very well that ed talked for hours to sergeant caloose in laguna beach
4: but ed doesn't bring that up i was pulled over and i got a traffic ticket okay when was that honestly i don't know i want to say like uh i want to say may somewhere around may i was, uh, it. Uh, I was pulled over by chp anything else not the top no Any other police contact? Um,
2: in terms of? uh, Contact with police where they, you got another speeding ticket, you... uh, No, there was like no violation.
0: Eventually, Rayward prompts him.
2: Spoken to as a witness in a case um, in, let's say, even if you saw a traffic accident. Uh And the
4: police came. I did speak to the Laguna Beach Police Department. A former business partner of mine was uh, his parents. I guess they haven't heard from him in a long time. So they, they contacted me to see if I had any information. Okay, so we're talking a missing persons case basically? Yeah. Okay, and when was that? Um, I want to say May as well. May of yeah. this year? Yeah.
0: Now that Ed has remembered he talked to Laguna Beach, the investigators can lead him into telling his story without revealing that that's the whole reason okay, okay, they're perfect.
4: there. Uh, what's what's this... Tell me about this uh, uh, Laguna Beach thing. Uh, apparently, he's been missing for a while. Uh, his name is Chris Smith. Chris. C-H-R-I-S? Yes.
0: Smith. But Ed still seems... Fuzzy on the okay. details.
4: Hey, is he still missing? Uh, I have not heard back from the Laguna Beach Police Department since then, so I don't know. Okay.
1: Um, when you said they hadn't heard from him, you, talk about Laguna Beach PD or his, his, his parents. parents? His parents. Yeah. Okay.
0: Ed starts telling the story that has served him so well up until now. Asked
4: me some questions. They wanted to know about like the last time I had spoken to him. Um, you know, like what were the terms of our agreement stuff like that. Okay. He went missing in June and they didn't talk to you until. No, no, no. He, he left the country in June. I, I think he went missing in like December. Okay. Went missing. So he, he left your company, mm-hmm. you bought him out.
2: Yes. Is that a good term to use? Yes, him out. we did buy him out. Okay. And then I he leaves the out. country, uh, I'm assuming with proceeds of. Right. What was the
4: proceeds he left with? How much money are we talking about? It was it was a million dollars, but he didn't walk away with a million dollars. It was you know he had a down payment. It was probably like one hundred fifty thousand was the initial down payment that you gave him. Mm-hmm. Damn! What am a I check doing? or a cash or what? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was a wire transfer. Oh, I see. Wow! All it
0: right. says that My while the money is the upside, running your own company is stressful. And after Chris took his money and ran, the stress was just too much. Ed says that's why his own blood was all over the 800 Exchange office. Okay, what happens?
4: Took a razor blade, I cut myself at first a little bit, small cut. In your office? Okay. And then I, you know, took a Kleenex and was kind of just dabbing it. And that was it? And then I made the bigger cut. Okay. And, okay. I had bled a lot actually. I was spraying, like seriously spraying, and it kind of freaked me out at first. And then I finally got it together. And, um, and then I sat in the break room <coughs> and there was probably believe, a trail of blood all the way to the break room. Were you dripping blood all over the carpet? I, for a little bit. And then down the hallway. Yeah. What
0: about but the timing has changed from the story Ed told Sergeant Calouse. He told her his suicide attempt was in May, before Chris disappeared.
2: But that was that Monday,
4: okay? After after you guys hammered out the agreement, we hammered out the deal was done. I was like, oh my god! He splits. He, he takes, takes off. Even, he's going to get a million dollars. I'm stuck with all of this.
0: But Ed says that Monday was June seventh. Remember that was a few days after Chris was last seen. Now, Rayward changes his tone. He knows Ed is lying, and he knows whose blood it really
2: is. And we know it's Chris's blood. Okay. Okay. I need you to tell me the truth about what happened. I don't, I don't want you protecting anybody that you might have loyalties to. If something happened in that office, okay, where Chris got hurt, mm-hmm. he bled in that office. Okay. okay. It's, it's a scientific fact okay we know that we have his dna we know that what happened in there to make him bleed was it a fight that you guys got into spur of the moment which happens okay over business agreements over women over somebody getting cut off in a parking lot it happens okay mm-hmm. i need to know what happened no there was not
0: Wort knows something violent happened in that office, but he needs to get Ed to tell him what. As any investigator would do, Wort needs to lock him into a story and test Ed's version against the evidence.
2: You have never physically touched him in a fit of anger? No. Ever? No. Has he ever laid hands on you in a fit of anger, physically? Not in a fit of anger, no. Okay. So how did he bleed all over that office? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. He didn't come back and bleed after you painted the walls, right? Correct? No. So how is his blood on the walls, on his door, door frame, ceiling, carpet? How is that? I don't know. And then all of a sudden his blood ends up all over his office. I mean evidence of large amounts of blood but but i'm giving you your chance to tell your story there's got to be an explanation and you don't have an explanation for this yet i don't
0: the explanations that ed has given in this interview don't match what he told sergeant calouse and the orange county investigators have been talking to other people too
2: your story is totally contradictory of of them and your story to Laguna Beach Police Department is contradictory. You, said you
0: Vote and word give him examples of things they believe Ed has lied about.
2: But the problem is, is right now, you know, you've lied about the Range Rover. You've lied about cleaning up. Okay, okay. They list lie after lie. And you also told Laguna Beach Police Department that you and Chris went to Las Vegas that weekend. That was a lie, right? Or is that the truth? And your phone records are here in Orange County. They're not in Las Vegas. So now is the time. Okay? This is this is it. Right here. Bottom of the ninth inning, two outs, three balls, two strikes. Game seven World Series. Okay? What happened in that office? And what happened to Chris? I want to find Chris's body. His family wants to find his body.
1: They've
0: got Ed in a corner, and he tries to talk his way out.
4: We need, we need that information, Ed. I wouldn't know. There's no way, I wouldn't know that. Why, why would you? He's dead, okay? Those emails that were
2: being sent from him? you know that stuff can be tracked right Mm -hmm. IP addresses and all that Mm -hmm. what you're telling us isn't making any sense and I'm trying to get an explanation for it from you okay I know you're not being truthful and Ed I don't know why because you're you seem like a nice guy you got four kids at home right now and a wife Okay, I'm sure you tell your kids, hey, you gotta be truthful. If you made a mistake, now's the time. Own it. Be done with it. I'm giving you another chance to explain what happened. So, are you gonna stick to that? Because I know that's not the truth. Or are you gonna tell us what happened? whether you did it or someone else did it because right now you're the guy sitting in the chair with the handcuffs on come on Ed get it off your chest man just say it say it say what say what you gotta say What I want to say is No, wait. What you got to say. Your story. I
4: want an attorney. Okay. All right, Ed.
0: By lawyering up, Ed ends the interview. No more questions are allowed without legal representation present. Before vote and Wirt leave the room, Wirt drops a bombshell. They plan to charge him with murder.
2: Some folks don't stop searching till they find the truth. If you've got a detective's eye, June's Journey is the game for you. Play as June Parker in a gripping murder mystery as you find hidden objects to help solve her sister's death. You'll hunt for clues in hundreds of beautifully illustrated scenes set in the roaring 20s. New chapters are added weekly. Find your first clue by downloading June's Journey today. Available on Android and iOS mobile devices as well as on PC through Facebook games we've got the exclusive view behind the table every day right after the show while the topics are
3: still hot the ladies go deeper into the moments that make the view the view the views behind the table podcast listen wherever you get your podcasts People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen.
0: Ed stews for half an hour.
3: He just asked to speak.
0: To Little after five p.m., he says he wants to see them again. Even though his lawyer um, hasn't arrived yet.
4: You want to talk to again? I said some question. Okay. And that's okay. We can talk. Um, I understand you don't have to answer anything.
2: You had asked for an attorney. Okay. So before I can talk to you again, I want to make sure that you, you want to talk to me. Okay. Because once you say I want an attorney, okay, I can't ask you any more questions. But you can request to speak to me again. I'm is family, that what you're doing? i requesting to speak to you. Okay. And you understand your rights that investigator vote read to you? Yes. At LAX? Yes. You're, those Miranda rights...
0: Ed starts in. What if he tells them a story that explains it all and shows his innocence? Could he change their minds about filing that murder charge?
4: Those charges are... I mean, so far from the truth, I just... I guess my first question is... If I, if I say something here and they make sense and they're completely far, I mean, they're drastically different than what you just told me you were going to put me with, is that something that's going to be taken into consideration? I don't know what you have to tell me, okay? But that's possible,
2: okay? I had asked you before, hey, if something happened in there, you were embarrassed by it. It got out of control. Somebody else was involved. I had asked you to give me, if, if one of those things were true, then to tell me, okay? And obviously, those are considerations, but I don't know what you have to tell me, okay?
4: And I guess I'll know once you tell me. Right. So, well, I guess my question is, I mean, have you filed the charges yet? I haven't booked you into jail yet.
0: To Ed, that means maybe there's a chance to change the outcome. Maybe he can tell them a story that turns that looming murder charge into something less serious. You
2: can start from the beginning if you want. Okay, just kind of, let's just pretend Don and I just sat down for the first time. Forget all that other stuff. We've just met. Let's just go that route. That's probably the easiest thing, right?
0: In the video, you can see that Ed is tired. He seems about to cry. But he says he wants them to know the real story of what happened to Chris Smith.
4: I just, I guess, I mean, I'm not so much embarrassed as I am scared, and not so much embarrassed as I am ashamed. So I just want to tell you that. I mean, you know, you asked me why. I mean, okay, it's understandable. I'm scared. that's
3: understandable
0: too. And uh, Ed now spins a new version of events. Again, it involves Chris being on a bender, popping Lunesta and pounding boots. The office is a mess, broken bottles, and Ed says Chris blamed him for all of their legal troubles.
4: Yeah, you know, he got up in my face and I said, "Dude, you you know, you need to sit down because this is not I mean, it's not going to end well. And, um, I I don't really, quite honestly, it's really a blur as to, like, how we started to fight. But we did, um, he, I think he kind
0: of... What Ed sketches out next sounds like a brawl from a John Wick movie.
4: Got up, and then before I knew it, we were throwing blows. And, um... Just trying to, I, I, punching, punching. Yeah, throwing, yeah, throwing blows, okay. meaning throwing punches. And then I, I don't, I think I either. Obviously, you know, at that point we're kind of jammed, jammed up because we're really close in tight quarters, and you know, we're just moving around. And I, I think I was able to like somehow position myself, and I grabbed, where I had him by the head. And I, I hit his head really hard up against the uh, up against the um, bulletin board that was up. And on the edges, it's like aluminum. And then, there, you know, there's like screws that come out. And I think I cut him. Like, I don't know exactly where on his head, but I cut him from it. And it was, you know, it was pretty bad
0: because it was like a lot of blood was on on the bulletin board. But the scene is not yet over. Not even close. Shin's voice rises.
4: And that's when I, you know, kind of got, I jumped up, and he, he jumped up on the desk. And we kind of like, almost like two rams collided on his desk. And, um, you know, it's probably where the blood got on the ceiling because, you know, like somehow I was throwing him up and he probably smeared and um,
0: Two rams colliding? Seems a bit far-fetched for two professionals who own a multi-million dollar ad company. But according to Ed, it does account for the blood the on the ceiling.
4: And, and then we finally got out of the office. I mean, like, literally, we're like, probably back and forth. He's you know, we're, like, chasing each other, trying to wrestle each other, just hitting each other. And, you know, at the same time, we're kind of getting tired.
0: Then, Ed says Chris tried to body slam him, and Ed throws him into his own office.
4: You know, and then, I don't know, we, like, somehow ended up in front of my office. I got, and then I was able to position myself to where I was charging him into his office again. And literally... Um... That's when I think his head hit the desk, like the corner of the desk. His desk and his... Yeah.
0: Chris is out cold. He's bleeding. A lot. In the interrogation room, Ed covers his eyes. He's tearing up.
4: I'm sorry. It's all right. Do you want any water or anything? Um, I just... I'm sorry, I just need a second. This, this is not something that...
0: But Ed says he doesn't expect him to die and that he's stunned when it seems that Chris is dead or close to it.
4: Um, now there's a pool of blood from coming from his head <clears throat> while he's on the floor um, right, at, right next to his desk. And... Um, I, I didn't really know what to do, so I just, I wasn't sure if he was dead, but I didn't want to check, and, you know, I was just, like, freaked out. I didn't even want to go near him.
0: So now Ed has admitted he was involved, but he didn't murder Chris. But
4: the bottom line is, you know, the truth is the truth. So The truth is not first-degree murder. I mean,
0: okay. I, I think- Ed says Chris died by accident in a fight that Chris himself started. Ed was merely defending himself. That's not
4: murder. Okay. Well, I, like, I left, and then I went to the restroom, and to kind of just wash up, wash the sweat off, and he put water in my face. There at the office. Like, yeah. Okay. And I came back, and I mean, it was pretty obvious he was at that point probably dead. Okay. I obviously I didn't check him medically or anything How did you think he was probably dead the amount of blood? Or- there was so much blood. He wasn't moving.
0: What did he do next?
4: All I know is when I looked over he I mean his, you know, he wasn't moving. I couldn't tell if he was breathing. And I freaked out. I just I, I completely panicked. I didn't think to Call nine one one. I I just was so scared. And I didn't
0: know for a guy in a panic, Ed Shore pulls himself together quickly. He jumps in his car, but he doesn't go for help though. Nope, he heads to a nearby AT and T store, buys a burner phone. He says he calls someone, hoping they can help, but it's not nine one one. He's calling.
4: There's a guy in Vegas. The Vegas guy. Yeah.
0: Okay. Ed tells investigators that Vegas guy connects him with someone else. Ed says that person offers to help.
4: So I drove up to I went I don't I don't remember somewhere like in L.A. I met some guy. I explained my situation to him. He he said okay, and then he told me you know this is what he needed. He they wanted like I don't remember it was maybe. 10 grand, 15 grand, something like that, and they would clean it up. It's so, like, you know. But I didn't know what cleaning up meant. All that meant was they would get rid of the body. So Monday, he was gone. I don't even know if it was this guy or whatever, but I got, you know, I got him the money. I have the money
0: to give to him. According to Ed, a cleaner, a guy who makes dead bodies vanish without a trace, has gone into the office and gotten rid of Chris's body. Think someone like the character Harvey Keitel played in Pulp Fiction. Ed says he has no idea what the cleaner did with Chris's body and that he doesn't ask and never learns who that guy was. Exchanging business cards isn't part of this kind of deal. But Ed does know where all the emails came from.
2: Was that you sending the emails? Yes. And that was obviously to keep the family from Pretty finding well. out what
1: happened and really maybe reporting him missing. Right. Why did you decide to stop the emails in December? Why not continue the charade?
4: I don't think, I think it was taking too much of an emotional toll on me. Okay. And I figured... If it's going to, at this point, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Okay. So you were
1: tired of, because you didn't expect his dad to be that persistent?
4: No, that's not true. I I mean, I would be
1: that way with my father. Okay. I just gave up. You just said, okay, let's just end it. And you probably thought, um, maybe, maybe since he's in Africa, maybe he got attacked by someone. Maybe he got killed or something. That, That would explain why he stopped emailing. Is that was that part of your plan?
4: No, but it was definitely. I mean, it would uh, if that was the. Ca- it was one of those hopeful it would make thoughts. Sense. Yeah.
0: Confessing to stealing his dead partner's identity seems like a bad way to convince the investigators that Chris's death was an accident. Still,
4: he's got to ask. Oh, what's next? Obviously what's
2: going to happen next is we're going to get your. um... Yeah, I mean, you're going to be booked in jail. I have to book you in jail. Um, We're going to get your fingerprints, um, take uh, photographs of you, fingerprints, and you'll be booked in the jail. I don't know what the bail will be. Um, You will see... um, I will be arraigned in the morning? uh, You will go to court on Tuesday. Okay. Okay, I believe. Um, You'll be allowed to make some phone calls over at the jail. Okay. I imagine you want to call your wife. Should um, take the call.
0: Ray Word and Don Vogt don't believe the story Ed told them. But what about all those characters he's woven into his tale? The cleaner, for instance. And if Ed didn't have any help with Chris's murder, he still might have gotten help with covering it up. They suspect that Kenny Kraft might have been involved. Ed had told investigators that Kenny was living in Chris's apartment and driving his car.
3: So they call Kenny. Orange County Sheriff called me to answer some questions for a missing persons investigation. Sure, I have friends in Orange County Sheriff, whatever I can do to help. I drove actually on my day off. I was looking for another.
0: The next morning, Kenny sits down with Wirt and another member of Wirt's team.
2: This is investigator Maluski. Nice Jenny. to meet
3: you. Nice to meet you, Kenny. Nice. Cool. Oh, that
2: puppy down. oh, good. Thank
3: you.
2: Okay.
0: Thank you. Um, Kenny says he's happy to be of any assistance. Coming
2: here. Okay. I just want to make sure of that to make sure there's no issues with you feeling like I had to come in here and 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 talk to these guys. Like I said, anything to help the investigation. Sure. Okay. All right.
0: But after a so, while, um, the conversation Takes a turn.
2: This is a missing persons case, which is obviously a turn more serious. Okay. Um, and then we made actually made an arrest on this case. And I, and I told you that I think last night when we talked. It's very concerning. Um, I want to know everything that you know, how small and in, insignificant you might think it is, on what you know about Christmas disappearance. Okay. And and I want you to be truthful. Don't feel like you have to protect anybody at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay? Because right now, you know, it's kind of like you're sitting here and, and we want the truth. Okay. Okay? And as you know, lying is just going to make things not good. Yeah. Okay? So I want you to tell us everything you know about what happened to Chris Smith, what happened to his property, Um his car, everything you know about, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, so go ahead and just tell me that.
0: Um, Kenny starts in.
2: It's going to be a long story. That's Uh, okay. okay.
0: It is a long story. Here's the gist of it. Kenny needs a job. Ed gave him one. He let him use Chris's car and live in his apartment. He told him Chris was on an international trip. In return, Kenny did what Ed asked him to do such as running errands and cleaning out Chris's apartment. The investigators ask whether Kenny was ever tasked with cleaning the office in suite 123. Okay,
2: what about at the office? Any cleaning? No. Okay. Had he ever, um, did he ever ask you to clean the office? No. Help him clean the office?
0: No. For Kenny, there's a problem. The investigators have already confronted him with a lie. He first said Chris's car just disappeared one day and that he assumed it had been repossessed. But later, he admitted that Ed had asked him to get rid of it. So he called a friend to take it. So the investigators press him again about cleaning the 800 Exchange office to see if he'll give them a different answer this time.
3: I have no idea what you're referring to on the cleaning in the
2: office. Okay. Um, What about... um, Okay, Chris was murdered. (laughs) Okay. Um, Are you kidding me? No. Okay, Ed's in jail for murder. Okay. Now, there's things that happen, okay, sometimes after a murder where things need to be done to try to conceal it.
3: Uh, that's what I kind of get your...
2: Okay. Your to, I did not know there's a murder charge. Yeah.
0: The investigators believe Kenny helped Ed cover up Chris's murder.
2: It's very important, okay, if you were asked to do something to help clean up, that you tell us... I tell you right now if I've done any cleaning regarding that. Okay, what about disposal of a body?
3: No. Holy s***, no.
2: Are you sure? Yeah, 100%. Because okay. if you clean up, okay, it doesn't mean
4: you killed somebody, okay? Yeah, but
2: I'd be an
3: accessory to it if I did that. Okay. I have no knowledge of Chris's murder, <coughs> only that it was a disappearance. Okay. So
2: if Ed or anyone else were to tell us that you, um, cleaning supplies and clean up the office would that be the truth or a lie? That's an absolute lie.
0: They don't believe him when he denies helping Ed cover up a murder. They remind him that he lied about the car.
3: You lied to us today about that. You see where I'm, where I'm going with this? Everything I, mean, I dealt with, with, with Ed was just you know strange. He's a strange cat. Um for, you know, getting rid of the car, like, I don't want to lose my job making money. He told me to get rid of the car and just figure it if it's out of sight, out of mind. Yeah.
0: When pressed by the investigators, Kenny also admits to signing Chris's name on a credit card application when he says Ed told him to. That's a serious charge as well. Fraud, identity theft. But what they're talking about now Is far more serious.
3: I mean, I don't want you to be concerned about being charged with forgery or anything like that, okay? We're not worried about that. Pretty concerned about being put as a patsy for, you know, murder investigation. Well, that's why it's, you know, it's why you need to be honest. It's very important that you be honest with us right here, right now. Mm -hmm. You know, you did come here on your own
0: accord. In the end, Kenny doesn't convince them.
2: Yeah, go ahead, turn around, face the wall. You're under arrest for um, uh, accessory to murder okay um, it obviously is very serious there's been some things that, that you're not telling me the truth on okay. okay and I really wish you you had been honest okay um, it's still not too late to do that but this is the route we're going um, for right now okay
0: Kenny denies having anything to do with helping Ed cover up Chris's murder and enters a plea of not guilty to the charge. At this point, the investigators know the whole story of Chris's journey was invented by Ed Shin. But throughout that story, he mentioned the names of real people. It's clear now they didn't do what Ed said they did. So they start to try to unravel Ed's lies. Okay, this
2: is Investigator Worked. Um, today's date is August 25th of the year 2011. And we're at uh, 1426 Montana Avenue, the city of Santa Monica, outside of a Starbucks restaurant. And this is reference shares.
0: They had already met with Tiffany Taylor. Ed had hired her as an atmosphere model back in the day. I mean, how well do you know Ed Chin?
3: Not very well.
2: I know he's a degenerate gambler, but
3: that's about it. And how do you know that? Because
2: I've seen it. You've <laughs> seen it? And when you say that, what, what do you mean? Like, he does he lose a lot of money? Yes.
3: Yeah.
0: The
2: most important
0: thing Tiffany told police was that she had never been to the Galapagos and was never on a boat with Chris Smith. Does
1: the island, the Galapagos Island, sound familiar to I have never been there. Okay. And that doesn't sound like...
0: Then they track down Johnny Vegas. He's in a jail cell in Elko, Nevada, awaiting trial on charges he allegedly ran off with some stuff belonging to his former employer, Mike. Eventually, Johnny will plead guilty to misdemeanor theft and pay a thousand bucks in restitution to Mike. But for now, he is literally a captive audience for Investigator Wirt, and Johnny tells him he didn't know Ed Shin all that well. met him a couple of times. Okay.
2: If I were to tell you that um Ed Shin um he's in jail for murder, okay?
4: Whoa.
2: Yeah. And his claim is that he after the murder, he contacted you direct and said, Hey, I need help cleaning some stuff up. Help. Okay. Never ever. If Ed Shin had called you
3: and said, "Hey," um, I would call the police. Department. I would definitely go ahead
2: and tell somebody about it. Okay. And if someone said said to you, "Hey, look, I'm a hypothetical. I will give you twenty thousand dollars. You help me find someone to get rid of something. You know, I need to, you know, in regards to a a, a body." Would you ever do
0: that for him? Okay, no. It doesn't take investigators very long to conclude that he had nothing to do with Chris's murder or with helping Ed dispose of the body. At first, they thought Kenny Kraft was involved in the cover-up. It'll take years, but eventually, the charge against him is dropped. Through all of Ed's lies, there is one thing investigators now know for sure. Chris Smith is dead. And so, 14 months after their son disappeared, Steve and Debbie Smith get the
3: call they have dreaded.
0: Do you remember where you were when you heard?
3: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. We had actually uh, got finished watching a movie and left our phones outside, and I came back outside, and I had uh, several phone calls and emails from uh, Officer Ray Word, the investigator for Homicide Division in Orange County, and also from Paul. So I called Paul up and said, what's going on? And he said, Dad, they're trying to get a hold of you. They won't tell me what's going on, but they want you to call them as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So I did, and uh, Ray Word answered the phone, and he told me that that um, mm-hmm. It should have been arrested for the murder of our son. I mm-hmm. confessed to murdering him inside of his office and confessed to writing all the emails, but I wouldn't be honest about where he put the remains of Christopher. Mm-hmm. Debbie could hear the voice, and with the information going, I just see her eyes just drop. And I, it,
1: it was just like, it's like you even gutted. But then it was like, I knew it. We knew it. It's just like, it's just like a horrible nightmare, and we're living this out. It's just like horrible.
0: That phone call is the end of the road for the search for their son. They now know he never sailed to the Galapagos. There were no fake passports. He wasn't trying to sell gold in Rwanda or buy blood diamonds. There were no suicide attempts or physical abuse by Chris's dad. None of that ever happened. Those were all made up stories by Ed Shin to try to make them think Chris was alive so that no one try to find him to prosecutor matt murphy giving chris's family false hope and leading them to believe that they were somehow responsible makes his murder even more cruel
3: learning that ed shin was actually the author of these emails is
0: stunning okay because this is a and it's utterly ruthless he's he's breaking up with his girlfriend he's he's describing
3: this trip around the world from hell to the guy's mom, knowing that he's never coming home.
0: Like the Smith family, Murphy's goal is to bring Ed Shin to justice. It is fundamentally awful what he's doing here. And it is, I mean,
3: there's two parts. As a prosecutor, you you learn, okay, this is really good evidence and the jury's going to hate it. As a human being, it's
0: just
4: so cruel what he had done to this family. I mean, it's just, it it, it almost defies description how awful it is.
0: In next week's episode of Cutthroat Inc., DA Matt Murphy has no body, no weapon, and no witnesses to Chris Smith's murder. This isn't an easy case to win, but Murphy is determined to bring this case to trial and try to get closure for Chris's family. And at trial, he addresses Ed Shin and pushes for the one answer everyone wants to know. Mr. Shin, we have a
3: forensic pathologist standing by. They have all the forensic examination tools with them. I'm going to give you one chance here. Take the blue marker.
0: Circle on the map where you play Christmas. Cutthroat Inc. is a production of ABC Audio and 2020. Reported by me, Matt Gutman. Written by me and our producer, Richard O'Regan. Produced and edited by Susie Liu and Oluwakemi Aladisui. Additional reporting by producers Tim Gorin, Sunny Antrim. Our editorial producer was Dwan Perrin. Casey Tomchek was our production assistant. Additional support by Lydia Noon, Dana Schaefer, Jenny Goldstein, and Marwa Mwaki. Mixing and scoring by Evan Viola. Our researchers are Felisa Fine, Natalie Savitz, and Brad Martin. Special thanks to Josh Cohan and Stacia Deshishku. Terry Lickstein is our executive producer of this podcast, and David Sloan is our senior executive producer of network primetime content. I'm Matt Gutman.